Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in 1 John chapter 4, very exciting chapter, very exciting in the fact that it identifies uh, who we are in Christ Jesus, and we're able to distinguish between those who know God and those who don't know God, and it's the key is the possessing of the Spirit of God. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we glorify your name. We bless your name, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you. We love your word. We love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we love your word, Father God. Hallelujah. You and your word are one. So, Lord, feed us today. Give us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And, Father, we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, First John chapter 4, we're talking about the proper witness, how we can know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. And in verse 1, John writes, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. So that tells us right there that there is a truth that we are to acknowledge, and there is an untruth that we also are to acknowledge. We are to cleave to the truth, Amen. We're to abhor untruth. As a matter of fact, we're to identify untruth. We're to let people know in what way their lives are wrong. And see, we have a conglomeration of of belief, uh, so-called truths. But really, the only truth is this, and that is based upon the Word of God. Amen. So if you're a spiritual person, you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you better be standing upon the foundation of the Word of God. Jesus said that. He says, He that hears and does my word has built his house upon a rock. And of course, that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ, the revelation of his person. Amen. So once again, believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We have many false prophets in the world today. That's why it's so important for us to know the Word of God and have a real strong relationship and fellowship with the Spirit of God. Verse 2 says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. We could uh, quote this verse this way. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses the doctrine of Christ that's found in the scriptures that was preached by the apostles is of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So John here gives the criteria for judging who is a true follower of Jesus. True believers have the Spirit of God in them. Spirit of God is going to lead us into all truth. That's what Jesus said the Spirit of God would do. Amen. But we have to be born again in order for the Spirit of God to be in us. Verse 3 says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. And we talked about this early. Antichristos, an opposition to Christ, those that oppose Christ. I'm telling you right now, if you got out into a park or if you got into a center, you set up your little table there and you begin to preach the gospel. How many people do you think would actually oppose you? Quite a few. Quite a few would oppose you. And that's good. I mean, we need to be we need to be lights in a darkened world. Amen. Well, 
what if these people that oppose the gospel oppose Jesus? Uh, what spirit are they of? Well, they are of the spirit of Antichrist. And then John goes on and says this, whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world. There's as long as the devil is in the world, there's going to be opposition to Christ and to his word. Amen. Praise God. But we need to hold on to this. You know what Paul wrote to Timothy? He said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is inspired of God. Amen. And as long as you and I are standing upon the word of God now, not not the church's interpretation of what the word says, not what some writer's interpretation of the word says, but exactly what the word of God is speaking. Amen. That interpretation. You know, Peter told us when we went through the book of Peter that uh, the scripture is not of any private interpretation. There's only one interpretation. There can only be one. Now, many different applications. We can apply the word of God in many different ways. But our application, it all stems from the one interpretation. Amen. Praise God. So um, it's the false prophets that twist the word of God to make it to say something that it really does not say. And of course, you know, we need to be reminded what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church when he says, wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you right now that people who think that tongues is of the devil, and I'm just taking a side journey here, they're not listening to the right spirit. They, be- they better get into the word of God and discover the truth for themselves. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, verse four, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And of course, we talked about the Greek word nikeo, which means victory to overcome praise god amen and notice again what uh what john writes you are of god little children and have notice past tense and have overcome them see we overcome the spirit of antichrist by clinging to and standing upon the truth in the scriptures concerning jesus christ Amen. Now, Satan can't overcome us. We have overcome him with the truth, with the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the base and the root of that overcoming is in the rest of verse four, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So as long as we stick with Jesus, as long as we stay with his word, praise God. Amen. There's nothing the devil going to be able to do uh, about that. Now, verse five says, and they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world and the world hears them. Amen. Paul said this. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So every believer has the knower in them. And of course, the knower is the Holy Spirit. And why? Why does the world, why cannot the world see the truth? Well, it's because they, their gospel, the God of this world has blinded them. Notice again what Paul says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So when Jesus was walking this earth, 
the Jews that rejected him did not realize that they were looking at God himself, the personal express image of God the Father. Amen. And so, you know, we don't we weren't privileged to see Jesus walking the face of the earth, but we what we do see him. We see him through the mirror of the word of God and through the witness of the Holy Ghost. Now, verse six says we are of God. He that knows God hears us and he that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So what John lays out here is exactly what Jesus was teaching his disciples. Everyone that hears my sayings and does them has built their spiritual house upon a rock. Amen. We know the truth. Why? Because we have the spirit of truth on the inside of us. God has given us ears to hear. Amen. And remember when Jesus was teaching in parables and someone asked him, why do you teach in parables? It was the disciples asking. He says, because God has given you the right to hear, but God has not given them the right to hear. Even though the same parable was preached to the crowds, to those that were in attendance at Jesus' teachings, as well as the disciples, yet because of the condition of the heart of the people, The parable made absolutely no sense. It made no impact upon their lives. It's only those that are searching for truth will God reveal himself. I remember Smith Wigglesworth saying many, many years ago, there's something about faith that causes God to leap over a million people to get to you. Amen. So if you are a person of faith, God is working within you and he's working for you. And if you don't recognize truth, it's because God's not working with you. He's leaving you alone. So that's very important for us to understand. If you're within the sound of my voice today and you don't know Christ the Savior, but yet you're listening to the word of God, you have the opportunity. God has given you the opportunity, amen, to come unto you and to change your heart and to change your life. Amen. God has given you ears to hear just Don't stop listening. Amen. Paul said this. He says, but ye, talking about the children of God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And of course, the spirit there is capitalized, talking about the Holy Spirit. We are in, born again people are in the Holy Spirit, are baptized into the Holy Spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if anyone doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That right there is the, is the line between those who are saved and those who are not. Those who are saved have the spirit of God. Those who are not saved do not have the spirit of God. I don't care what their religion is. I don't care how many times they've been baptized in water. I don't know how many times they carry their Bible to church or how many times they go to church. If they do not have the spirit of Christ in them through the new birth, they do not belong to God. Verse seven says this, beloved, let us love one another. So here we're changing a little bit now. Beloved, let us love one another. This is another witness, another testimony. You know, we have the witness of the Holy Spirit. But now there's other testimonies, other witnesses that we truly know God. And this is one in verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God for God is love. And he's only talking about John is only talking about one kind of love here. 
he's talking about agape love. And uh, Bernard of Clairvaux defines agape love as that which is immeasurable. And that stands to reason because God is immeasurable. Well, then his love is immeasurable. And you and I will spend an entire lifetime trying to comprehend the, the full dimension of the love of God, the le- length and breadth and depth and height of it. Amen. And uh, and many of us, most of us really don't fully comprehend the love of God. But yet we know that it's true and we sense God's love for us. Amen. And if we truly love God, then we're going to obey him. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. If you love me, keep my commandments and my father will love you. And he and I both will come unto you. And actually said this, and live in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you're born again today and you have the entire Godhead living on the inside of you? Praise God. That's the clearest evidence that you love God. But that's not all that we are to do. And we'll see that as we go along. Once again, uh, verse 8, He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. Of course, we're talking about the kind of knowing, the kind of knowledge, that kind of intimacy where we actually get to know somebody. You know, uh, God is not our acquaintance. He's our friend. There's a big difference between someone being your acquaintance and someone being your friend, someone that you can confide into, someone that you can let your guard down to. Someone that you can just be honest with the individual. And you know that that whether your friend agrees or disagrees, he's always going to be your friend. Amen. Praise God. That's the kind of knowledge. And it's it's really that's just a very uh, a very superficial definition of this word. No, but it goes deeper than that. Uh, the knowledge that uh, that God, uh, the desire to know us. Amen. And for us to know him goes much deeper than that. Praise God. And Jesus said this, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. So we are to follow God and we follow God by walking in love. That's what what Paul tells us. We are to be imitators of God and walk in love as he loves us. So the love of God, talking about agape love, above all other forms of love, is the only love that will endure forever. Think about that for a minute. Think about all the different loves that you and I have experienced. We've experienced Eros. We've experienced Storge. We've experienced Philadelphia. We've experienced Phileo. But all of them combined do not even come close to the immeasurable love that God has, that God is, and that God has for us. Amen. And then John says this, He that loves not does not know God. How can a sinner know the love of God? I had no clue as to the love of God until that night that God touched my heart and my life. And I remember uh, it wasn't too long after I had been born again. I was uh, in the choir during worship service and somebody called upon me to testify. And I started uh, talking about the love of God and I broke down and started crying. And uh, God had so dramatically affected my life, but I really didn't understand how to communicate that. 
And it takes us years and years and years developing, getting to know Christ, drawing near to him, drawing near to his word, submitting to him, allowing him to deal with the things in our life that are not pleasing to him. Reaching on into perfection, like Paul says, for us to really begin to grasp uh, the 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 uh, the full dimension of the love of God. And just reading through this epistle, we understand that the Apostle John, who at the beginning of his ministry was called a son of thunder, wanted to call fire down on people that didn't agree with Jesus, that rejected Jesus. But now he's he's uh, he's the the apostle of love. That's what we call the apostle of love. He's more to me. He's more the apostle of truth than he is uh, the apostle of. Although he is that, Amen. So verse nine says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. So this is the manifestation of the love of God that has touched your heart. And that has touched my heart. Amen. I think about all those years I was raised in a Christian home. Really didn't know anything about the love of God until that Wednesday night. God manifested his love towards me through the preaching of the gospel. And it wasn't peaches and creams. There's things I had to do. I had to yield. I had to surrender. And that was tough for a sinner. That's tough to do. To be willing to give up one's life for another life that really he doesn't know anything about. But yet he does that because through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God has touched that man's heart. He's touched that man's heart with his love. Praise God. And how can anyone refuse that? But there are many that do. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So that tells us right there that God has his best interest at heart when it concerns us. He manifested his love to the world. But that wasn't enough. He had to manifest his love to us personally. And he did that through the preaching of the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 10 says here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Notice that. Notice that Christ came to us first. Notice that he was the one that initiated salvation, not us. We merely became the recipients of the salvation, amen, that he shed or showered upon or revealed to us. Why? Because he first loved us, amen. And he became, he sent Jesus to become the propitiation for our sins, the atonement, the expiator to take for us, on behalf of us, that which we could not do ourselves. Jesus died for us. Amen. He took our penalty and laid it upon himself. Praise God. And of course, back in chapter 2, John wrote this, and he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Every sinner needs to know that all of his past sins have already been paid for through the blood of Jesus. If he will repent of those sins and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, amen, then that sinner will get born again. Amen. God's not going to close the door in his face. The door has been wide open now for the last 2,000 years. 
And then John writes in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. That's how we translate the love of God. We translate the love of God for sinners by, why? By going to them, preaching the gospel and preaching to them the truth. You think about all the homosexuals in churches today, they're being lied to. They're in sin, mortal sin. They don't know God. They may have an affection for the church or, or something of that nature, but they don't know God. If they're practicing sin, and I tell you what, I have great compassion for those that are yield towards that persuasion, but, they're, but because they love God, they're staying, they're staying clear, they're staying clean. They just need to be totally and completely delivered. And they can be, and they will be, praise God. But for those that are practicing sin as a way of life and think that they're right, just as good as everybody else, I got news for them. You, you don't know God. You don't know the love of God. Amen. The, the person and the power of God is foreign to you. Repent now. Get on your knees. Repent now. Amen. Surrender yourself. Praise God. And God will give you the power to become the sons of God. But to as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the right, and the privilege to become the sons of God, even to them that call upon his name. Praise God. All right, now, so this section, we're going to be talking about another witness. Notice this in verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Let's read that again. No man has seen God at any time. Talking about in the flesh. Haven't seen God. The people of Galilee, they were privileged to see God walking the shores of Galilee. Amen. But they, that day's past. Amen. So Christ has never been seen by mortal eyes. And so we can't be acquainted with him in that way. However, he has revealed himself to us through the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the very fact that the spirit of God dwells in our hearts witnesses to us that we know God. And that we have seen him. We've seen him through the eyes of faith. Praise God. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. His love is complete on the inside of us. Think about that. The perfect love that is God dwells in us, perfecting that which concerns us. Praise God. Amen. God is at work. He is. He is at work in all the lives of the children who are born again. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. This is verse 13. And he in us because he has given us of his spirit. That's the witness. That's the evidence that we know God by the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of us. Verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Amen. Now, verse 15 encompasses a lot of truth. See, we can't confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God 
without the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that has got to initiate that. You and I can't be saved without God initiating something on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit has been sent in the world to judge sin and righteousness and judgment. Amen. All of those sin and righteousness and judgment, all of that is part of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that is released through the preaching of the gospel. Now, we're not talking about a watered down gospel. We're talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ concerning the death, burial, and resurrection, calling sinners to come to Christ. Amen. In other words, preach the word like like uh, Paul writing to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season, whether they want to hear it or whether they don't. And then Paul says this, show them through the scriptures in what way their life is wrong. And you don't have to be condemning about it. All you have to do is preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit will do the work. Praise God. Verse 16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. See, so actually it's more like a baptism. You know, we're baptized in the water and the water has baptized us. Amen. So we're in the love of God and the love of God is on the inside of us. Love has to come in when Jesus comes in because God is love. Amen. Praise God. So we have and we do do believe the love that God has for us. Praise God. Think about that. His immeasurable love. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness, boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. All right. Our love being made perfect. Notice that our love being made complete. And that love being made perfect is all based upon Jesus Christ. It's not based upon you. It's not based upon, well, it is based, it's based upon our obedience uh, to that love. It's based upon our obedience to the word of God. Remember what Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And do those things that I have told you to do, praise God. So that's the measure of the love of God. How much are we in obedience to him? Amen. I, I, you know, and verse 17 again, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Perfect love grants us and gives us boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. That's why we must study the life of Jesus and know the life of Jesus and intrude into these things concerning the life and the person of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Because that is what is going to grant us boldness in the day of judgment. When we have put on Christ and we have made no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of it. Verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When you and I are 100 percent submitted to and obedience to the love of God, whatever God tells us to do, we'll do it without fear. You see, there's so much fear in the church. Why is that? Because our love for Christ is not perfected. That is true. I mean, we fear man more than we do fear God. Well, I don't want to go to 
you know, Lord, you're telling me to go witness to so-and-so. I don't want to go witness to so-and-so. What if he gets mad at me? What if he gets angry? Well, would you rather have man angry at you or would you rather have God angry at you? You see, a lot of a lot of this fear that's going on in the church world today is based upon an imperfect, incomplete revelation of the love of God. Amen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Amen. There's something about the love of God that eliminates fear in our life. And then verse 19 says, and we love him because he first loved us. You see, it's God who initiated this salvation. It is he who drew us to himself. We can't take credit for what he's done. We can't say, well, I found the Lord Friday night. No, we didn't find him. He found us. Praise the Lord. He's the one through the preaching of the gospel. Deposit enough faith in us to begin to reach up and see these things. He's the one that opened up our eyes. Praise God. He's the one that turned us from darkness to light. He's the one that turned us from the power of Satan to God. Praise the Lord. And then ending out in verses 20 and 21. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. Amen. So that we are to love our brother. Why? Because Christ loved us. Amen. Our love for the brethren is a visible thing, and it proves our love for God, which is an invisible thing. You know, it's easy for us to say, I love God. But what John is saying here, the true test of love is shown in how we love one another. Amen. So that's the testimony. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, bless you today. Thank you for the word of God that lives and abides forever. Lord, we place all of our faith and trust in you and in your word. Lord, you carry us now, Lord throughout the rest of this week until we meet again. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. 
God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.